to go in with my uh, nice jokes, mm-hmm. uh, Ellen. Really? Like, I know she's straight talk show now, but I liked her shtick of just the sweet lady saying very nice things and not understanding how uh, bizarre or awful they were. Yeah. And just going, like, crazy with it. Like, um, I don't think I've ever seen her stand up. And it's really hit or miss. Like, some, because she tailed, tells jokes that take, like, seven minutes. Yeah. And some of them, if you don't like the running joke in that, you're like, oh, God. It's just going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. And then others, where she's just imitating, like, one of those ladies that knows all the gossip. And she's like, well, my Aunt Judy was caught killed by a stick of gum not by a stick of gum really she doesn't she didn't choke on it she got it in her eyes and then she walked onto a railroad track and then a nice lady named Imelda got her off the railroad track and they decided to go down to South America and they had a little hat stand together selling knickknacks and then just like over and over and eventually it got incredibly funny like and then they decided to go for a swim together but then a storm came and Imelda said Judy a storm's coming <laughs> Like, setting up all these dire situations, and then it just, it, eventually, it, she died or something, and the end was just like, and so you really gotta be careful about gum. <laughs> <laughs> but it took, like, ten minutes to do this whole situation, and it just got funnier and funnier. Yeah, it's like a snowball. And yeah. And, like, instead of destroying a city it just poofs out of existence yes. you're like, oh, you're like, <laughs> or like what her goldfish think yeah just it's, but, i thought she was funny in finding nemo but i think i was too young for her show oh yeah yeah finding nemo was really funny but uh there was i actually had to google to remember the name of this uh tv show but hbo did a comedy show called talking funny with jerry seinfeld chris rock louis ck and ricky gervais and oh yeah I like that where they talked about the actual craft of yeah. trying to be funny and like they take one of the worst jokes ever and they talk it out until it's really funny <laughs> which I thought was really impressive but uh, I didn't like I'd seen Seinfeld off and on but I never really cared I <laughs> <laughs> I'd seen Seinfeld and I liked it but I always found his stand up at the end really terrible yeah so just I just wrote Jerry Seinfeld off I thought he was some dumb sitcom guy but mm-hmm. this like the the reverence that all these guys had for Jerry Seinfeld kind of stunned me because one they all had a dead on impression of him yeah and they were all like no dude like you are one of the best there is ever so I was like okay these are all guys I like with except for Ricky Gervais he's like 50-50 <laughs> It's, his stand-up is so... It's actually too mean for me. Like, it's a little too pointed and, like... Yeah. Rude. <laughs> but he's really funny in TV shows, so it's... I give it... I, I'm torn. Mm-hmm. But so I looked up Seinfeld's... Uh, I'm telling you for the last time, his comedy special from right after Seinfeld ended. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, you know, these are the last one doing all these dumb jokes. And it was genuinely really funny. And total surprise to me. Like, I thought he was just, you know, a clean, boring... TV guy yeah but like I like seeing comedians talk about comedy it's always yeah interesting and you realize they put a lot of work into it yeah instead of they give the impression that they just get up on stage and like here's some stuff I saw yeah (laughs) you know these are my impressions but they're like yeah we have to work on the joke and then the punchline doesn't work and you have to get the timing right and then you refine it over time yeah and what to do and you have to build in for the audience laughing yeah and what to do um when nobody laughs yes <laughs> oh god that must be death yeah louis ck gives a lot of interviews to uh i think it's the onion av club he's done like four or five this year mm-hmm. uh he did an entire commentary interview for season two of louis which is really good talking mm-hmm. about both like the jokes and also uh how they got it done like crap really hardcore craft stuff mm-hmm but he talks a lot about how uh, if a joke doesn't work in one city but it works in the next, he he tries to find the middle ground. Mm-hmm. And that when he writes jokes, like he'll do uh, a 60-minute set and then throw it away once the year is over and start over completely from zero. Yeah. Which is apparently insane for stand-up comedians to do. <laughs> <laughs> because like, telling an hour's worth of really good jokes is really hard. But yeah. coming up with new hours you know, every six or eight months or something is insane. 
but he's really good at it. Do you know, I recently I started watching on YouTube, because I can't get it anywhere else, like shows on BBC, mm-hmm. QI, which is quite interesting, which is just a trivia fact show, mm-hmm. where they talk about how what a lot of people think they know about the world is just completely a myth. Yeah. And um, a few others. And so I'm getting randomly a lot of British, UK comedians Mm -hmm. lately. And one guy who is consistently funny is Dara O'Brien. I haven't heard of him. Um, He hosts, I think it's called, it's called Mock the Week, (laughs) but W-E-E-K. And it's just a bunch of comedians and it's kind of like set up as a quiz show where they have guess which like this is a number refers to some news story that happened this week mm-hmm. guess which one and then the comedians all roll out incredibly rude answers of course <laughs> <laughs> and like mean ones yeah the brits are mean it's- like this is how many prostitutes of known soccer player beat up this week or something and it's like 54 (laughs) (laughs) Um, but he has a a special where or he has a couple of shows now one of which is he talks about being a skeptic and hearing all this crap stuff about um psychics or magicians mm-hmm. or um, Chinese medicine like not actual Chinese medicine but like the new age yeah th- what new age people refer to Chinese medicine <laughs> and they um, and he does stuff like you know I hear things like you know Chinese medicine's been around for 2,000 years you know the average age or the average life expectancy about 60 years ago in China was 30. <laughs> the average expectancy that's in China now is like 80. <laughs> it wasn't green tea that turned it around for them. <laughs> you know, they tested everything and what actually worked became medicine. Yeah. And everything else is just a nice bowl of soup and some potpourri. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, he's just, he's really funny. He's Irish. Hmm. And um, John Oliver is good. Eddie Izzard. Well, everyone knows him. Yeah. And, um, God, who else? Ed Byrne, also Irish. Just another, I don't know, they're a lot, they seem a lot more unashamedly mean on actual TV shows. Yeah. In... I guess in the that's, UK? maybe it's a cultural thing. Yeah. Because, like, their tabloids are way beyond. Oh, yeah, they are. That's true. <laughs> I guess you can sue people less <laughs> or something. <laughs> or maybe it's just the... Well, I mean, you obviously couldn't sue them because it's a satirical show. Oh, yeah, that too. So they're making a joke about the image, not necessarily you. Yeah. There's a... How do you feel about impressions? Or, like, personas that comedians will do? They better be funny. <laughs> <laughs> There's this guy uh, called Nick Kroll who, like, he's got several personas. Like, he has this sort of button-down, uh, he's like a lawyery type guy or something. It's like his regular default persona. Mm-hmm. But then he's got, like, Bobby Bottle Service, who is, uh, he wears a lot of gold and rings and really tight clothes and works out a lot. And several others. Like, he's got a Jersey Shore guy. <laughs> He's got, like, these two old guys... He's, well, him and an, another like, comedian, because he can't be two people, obviously. Have, like, an old older uh, dude couple who get drunk on wine. They keep in, like, their carry-on bags and things like that. <laughs> like, it's... His voice is funny enough to where, even if you can tell it's the same guy, it's still really funny. Mm-hmm. And it's not as mean or gross as Borat. Or, uh... What is his real name? Borat Ali G slash... Sasha Baron Cohen, I think. Yes, this guy. guy. Did bo- like I never liked him either because it was just like, wow, this is really mean and not funny. Yeah. But like Nick Kroll, he does a good job of just amping up the absurdity. 
Like, just the, the name alone, Bobby Bottle Service, is enough to bring a smile to my face. <laughs> <laughs> and he's good at, like, bringing out those jokes that are specific to the, uh, called the costume that he's wearing. Mm-hmm. Like, it wouldn't work if he were some other character. He's got, like, this hardcore Spanish radio announcer. Mm-hmm. And he had a stand-up special, which included all of these characters. And the way it was edited was that it was almost like a story of them ruining the stand-up special for the regular Nick Kroll. <laughs> <laughs> There's Fabrice Fabrice, the guy with the name so nice you have to say it two times. <laughs> <laughs> or say it again, you know. Like, he takes, like, the joke you'd expect and just swerves a little bit. <laughs> but he's a really funny guy. Okay, we touched on this with Borat. Yeah. Which I... The moment I saw the trailer for it, I realized, oh, I'm going to hate this. <laughs> and, well, another thing... I hate... Um, kind of situations where they set people on the street up to make them look bad. Yeah. You know, and the worst example of that is Religious. Bill Maher's movie. Oh, yeah. Where he's like, I'm going to find the craziest religion people ever and get them to say things on camera and then go to a secluded location and make fun of them. Yeah. Like, I watched it with three friends. We were like, you know, Bill Maher used to be funny. We'll, we'll watch this. And, like, by the first half hour, we were all just mad and on the couch, like, glaring at the TV. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, and and I kind of go into those now knowing that I'll be lied to. Yeah. Like, there are some where I think Borat, they did one where they got a crowd and they had two men wrestling. Mm-hmm. And they did, they did it specifically so looking at it, you would see, it would seem like it had kind of a sexual connotation to it. The joke being, because these guys come from a different culture, they don't see sexual mm-hmm. connotation at all. It's just men being men with other men, yeah. you know? But the crowd, it kind of showcases this, what they would see as like a homophobic reaction. Mm-hmm. And then it came out later that they distributed flyers. They like charged people money to come in. <laughs> and... The flyer said, like, girly wrestling <laughs> with, like, lots of beer. And yeah. then they kept people waiting for, like, an hour. No, like, refreshments, no beer, nothing even available. Yeah. And then they had those two guys wrestle, which means they set it up so people would get angry. I'm like, that's the joke. I yeah. understand. But if that's the joke, then just friggin' pay a bunch of extras. Yeah. You know? I guess they want the... Uh like, it's not even authenticity because it's fake. Yeah. But like they want a realistic reaction of some sort. They want non-acting, I guess, is what it comes down to. Yeah. But yeah, like uh, most of the man, the John Benjamin Man on the Street stuff is funny because it's in like the context of this show and it's inter- it's mixed with like clearly fake things. Mm-hmm. Like you'll see actors like Matt Besser or whoever show up and play roles. Mm-hmm. But like just a straight up like I'm going to interview someone and make them look dumb. Like, Mm -hmm. just tell some jokes. Yeah. (laughs) You know? We can see dumb people every day on our own. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's also just the the shock humor. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Howard Stern's boring. You recommended Louis C.K. to me a long time ago, and he had some... I forget which one it was, Mm -hmm. but some special, HBO special, and was on Netflix streaming, and I just clicked... And I probably chewed up, I think. And I clicked off like 10 minutes into it being like, I hate this guy. Yeah. Because this was just the first part of that bit was just taboo language. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I had the exact same experience, actually. And that bit I felt and I still feel it was I think it was him legitimately explaining why he dislikes or likes various terms Mm -hmm. but i think it was also uh i'm saying it yeah no when a friend of mine uh actually a guy i know who does stand up in la uh he was like you gotta watch this guy's comedy and i was like okay and i had the i think the exact same special this one i'm thinking of where i watched like five minutes and was like well i'm bored and turned it off for like two years And eventually someone, like, sat me down and made me watch something. And then, like, I got the full context of uh, this guy's comedy. But, like, the first blush, I was like, ah, no. Yeah. 
Well, I don't think it's even the first blush. I I don't think he get, he didn't give me the impression that he was like racist or sexist. Yeah. But I just I'm I'm sick of like that kind of the the terms or like rape jokes or something being used in place of humor mm-hmm. or to make something funny. That's in, I feel like, like the the shock value of it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, George Carlin was doing those in the 70s. <laughs> That's not new anymore. Like, the people who were born after he did those are now old enough to be senators. <laughs> you, you can't take that. You can't do that anymore. It's at the same time, I feel That's like... That's not enough. There are really genuinely funny racist and or sexist and or whatever jokes. Oh, yeah, there are. But I mean, all, like, some of them that are actually racist and sexist are still funny. Yeah, it's still super funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of, you You can, like, probably not to some of the people who are affected by it. Yeah. But, you know, some people even who are affected by it are going to be like, okay, that was, that was yeah, a funny, no. funny way to put that. I think part of that is you have to trust the comedian first. And if, like, mm-hmm. this is your first introduction to this guy, you're like, ah... He's me in a little bit, you know. And the second is that it has to be really funny, otherwise. <laughs> like, it's either really funny or, like, I'm never listening to you again. Like, there's no in-between. Well, I think the funny comes from the unexpected yeah. and the new. And there, it's always a little unexpected to hear someone make a joke about a, sub, a, a sensitive subject. Yeah. Like, race or, or sex or, you know, anything like that. Yeah. So you automatically get a, you know, yeah. just to cover it. But then there's also humor where they are saying something really, really funny. And yeah. I think, let's go with Louis C.K. because he's the hero of the day. <laughs> Apparently, who knew? Where his joke about rape was this. I'm not saying it's okay to rape someone. You should never do that. You know, unless you want to have an orgasm in their body and they won't let you. Yeah. In which case, you have to. (laughs) (laughs) And that is actually funny. That's a funny joke. But there are so many people... And I think George Carlin's original routine, because I heard it when I was in my 20s and had heard other people making the jokes where he's like, some rape jokes are funny. Think of, like, Elmer Fudd raping Porky Pig. That's not funny. <laughs> no, that's not funny. The whole thing is just the shock of it. Yeah. And George Carlin was a funny guy. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't funny. And a lot of a lot of comedians and a lot of like mid-level comedians that you see at most comedy clubs. Yeah. Like you click on the average comedian like clip these days and it's going to be something like that. Mhm. Where it's just I'll say a lot of awful things and then I'll be like, yeah, I said it. Yeah. And people are going to laugh. That's the worst. Like yeah. When, when you congratulate yourself before anyone else does. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not allowed to do that. I'm sorry. Like, now there's so much material and the shock has worn off so thoroughly that you have yeah. to work to make those funny. Like, you can those curse have on that to be facts. the hardest ones. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is... We are almost reaching the level where that's like, so what's the deal with airplane food? (laughs) (laughs) I'll say two things I didn't expect to say, like, even three years ago, is that I would cry laughing at blackface twice (laughs) in, like, a two-year period. Oh, who did it? uh, 30 Rock had the one. Oh, you're right, and the Louis C.K. Yeah, and... I don't even remember the context of the one in 30 Rock. It was just like, we're just going to change places for the day. Oh, they were doing some contest about who has it worse, um, black men or white women. Yeah. And they both used the same thing. Like, men think they can get away with anything when it comes to women. Like, Adrian Brody kissing Halle Berry at the Oscars. And white folks think they can do anything when it comes to black folks. Like, Adrian Brody kissing Halle Berry at the Oscars. Like and the then they switched places so to see who was harder. Like, I didn't even laugh at first. It was just tears and <laughs> laughter. <laughs> like, someone had just reached in and wrenched my heart. And how everyone, like, was like, Tracy came in first and, like, horrible yeah. white girls... <laughs> 
type makeup. Yeah. And they're like, wait, what is Jenna doing? And then they turn and see her. I think she's doing like a song from The Wiz. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone is just like, no! <laughs> what I liked was the reaction to it was great. And in the Louis C.K. one in the Halloween episode, it was the exact opposite because the reaction was like, holy crap. And then like pretend like this isn't happening. <laughs> yeah. And also part of that is part of, I think, Louis C.K.'s constant thing with kids you can't have the reaction that you'd have with adults yeah like you could see her being like either i can get really mad at the kid which makes no sense yeah like the kid doesn't know (laughs) yeah i could get really mad at the dad but the kid's right here yeah you know and i can't do that i can't like have a little girl i can't ruin this halloween for yeah. this girl watch her dad get screamed at for a costume that she chose and which for a totally innocent reason she just did a book report on frederick Douglass. yes <laughs> but just the look that the uh nail salon lady gives louie <laughs> it's like dude <laughs> <laughs> and like that was the end of it for the entire episode which i also thought was genius like no one else mentioned uh that she was dressed as a black guy yeah. and i like that he avoided like giving us the moral yeah like you know blackface is bad because blah 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 because like how dumb are you to not know that it's already bad like why should he have to tell you that yeah he can just tell the joke and move along <laughs> yeah it's what, there's a term for it uh transgressive humor i think yeah and like a lot of it's really funny but like if you're not good if you don't understand why it's transgressive yeah beyond like oh people don't like it you know like you're gonna suck at it yeah <laughs> like children yell cuss words because they know they're not supposed to <laughs> and like that's funny to me now but like there's no deeper meaning behind it it's just really empty yeah it's funny to me now because it's just children yelling things and parents getting mad it's funny and a part part of it is like if you are doing that transgressive humor there are some people who are going to get offended no matter what yeah and i don't mean that to be like they're going to get offended but no matter what they're just like these people think this is wrong all the time and they don't want to see it like leech its way back into popular culture doing this yeah and you know through like context they don't you know they say no this is bad we should just just stop yeah (laughs) (laughs) and like if you're gonna make the joke just accept that some people are gonna hate it yeah there's 300 million people in the united states like you're gonna piss someone off no matter what you do and and it's not like because they're a bad person automatically they might be but (laughs) 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 but like if you're tough enough to make that kind of joke i just be tough enough to take the criticism for it at the same time, that uh, I think hecklers getting the tables turned back on them is really funny too. Yeah, I don't even understand hecklers. It's you just they attention. don't make they don't make like everyone hates them. Yeah, <laughs> but they the also comedian hates of- them, and they kind of like ruin the mood of the room because you can feel everyone just being like, "Are they going to be able to deal with this? Is the person just going to keep going and not shut up?" It ruins. It's not the fourth wall. I don't know what it's called in comedy, but like it's like the fourth wall of storytelling, about how you're looking in but you're absorbed in the action. Like it just yeah. pulls you right out. But like my problem with hecklers is that comedians are paid to be as funny and mean as possible. Why would you insult someone who does that? <laughs> <laughs> like everyone remembers high school. Like the guy who told all the funny jokes was also really good at making fun of people. <laughs> and every single comedian can destroy you. Yeah, I saw. I do kind of sometimes enjoy, like, YouTube clips of yeah. comedians dealing with hecklers. And um, one, this guy, Jimmy Carr, also British, incredibly mean. <laughs> yeah. I Just unbelievably horrible. I can't watch the rest of his stuff because it's that. <laughs> but, um, like a heckler was screaming at him about his mom or something and and he goes back to the guy and he's like you know some people would think that's rude but i was actually warned that you would be here by your mother last night (laughs) and then like or i think i mean i think she was warning me i wasn't the only one there and her mouth was full yeah (laughs) 
and and it's just seeing some of them go off on people. It's like the it's the bonus of a I, good joke and also revenge. Yes. <laughs> good Schadenfreude. Yeah. But but it's it's fun to watch after a performance, but during where you have to spend the rest of them being like, oh god, are they going to shout out again? Yeah. What was there was a Richard Pryor uh, special where like you can hear the heckler uh, talking in the audience on the album, <laughs> and like Pryor responding and being like, you know, whatever you just said, my dick. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like he doesn't go off, but he's like, you like you need to stop talking, you know. <laughs> and it was very funny. Um, at the same time, comedians heckling other comedians is sort of funny. There was uh, Shaquille O'Neal's roast years ago, which was mostly bad. Uh, a bad comedian got up and was telling jokes, and Jamie Foxx was on the uh, dais, and he leaned his microphone down and he was like, I'm your conscience, while well, this guy was telling jokes. And he's like, I'm telling you, you should sit down now, because your jokes aren't funny. <laughs> and like five minutes of Fox ruining this guy's career forever. Oh, God. Just telling That jokes. is gut-twisting. Yeah, and so funny. <laughs> Because I couldn't the guy watch is that. Bombing. Like he's like, you know, Shaq's so big, his big toe can't even fit in his Corvette. And Fox is like, we should sit down now. Oh my god! <laughs> like that's that is why it's just so hard often to watch comedy live. That's yeah. why I like the DVDs because I know not, <laughs> nothing like that is going to happen. Yeah, because just the feel. The feel of someone like I know I I know that they're trying to be funny and like this is really personal to them and it's something they take seriously and they're just hoping that this will go well and everyone wants to have a good time and then they do badly and it's not even like sometimes there's anger but sometimes it's just this shared awful experience between them and the audience where it's like oh oh you poor thing oh god it's like watching someone pound a fish's head against a rock trying to kill it but the fish won't die it just keeps flopping that's really specific that's how I feel wow (laughs) and finally you're just like just die just die it hurts too much I am in addition to awkward evil comedy uh, I mentioned this in the email to you but I am a seriously huge fan of Irma Bombeck I do. I, Have you I ever like, read any of her novels? Oh, God. This is hilarious. <laughs> you know, my parents would go to, like, book fairs, and they'd, you know, as a kid, you know how you, it is. You just pick up whatever books around yeah, the house. You judge books by the cover, or the ones are not, they tell you not to read. Or, or just, like, anyone. Just give it out to anyone. I think Irma Bombeck wrote a book called Motherhood, the Second Oldest Profession. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I read it when I was too young to get the joke and I would go around to my parents being like but what's the oldest profession and they're like mm. yeah they never told me <laughs> and they were usually pretty open about it yeah but yeah I I still remember being so puzzled about that for years and asking them over and over yeah and them trying changing the subject and finally realizing <laughs> it was prostitution yeah <laughs> like how are you going to explain that to your six year old daughter Sometimes ladies have have sex with men for money. It's a it's a soulless, heartless, but often lucrative world. And then your daughter's like, "What's sex?" And you're like, "Oh my goodness." <laughs> yeah, they but, bought me a book that explained that. <laughs> but like something, she's not squeaky clean because like second old's profession is a really good dirty joke. Yeah. Probably because it's like a, at least a little subtle. Mm-hmm. But I had one called. Uh, if life is a bowl of cherries, what am I doing in the pits? And it was oh, all... now I suddenly see why she appeals to you yes, so much. Yes, it's all the puns. It's so many puns. <laughs> but she had jokes about like making her kids mow the lawn and like her husband driving to the store and not having enough money for groceries or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's all really easy to relate to family stuff. Yeah. But punishingly funny. <laughs> and it's, I guess it's sarcastic, the best word for like mm-hmm. her style. Like, something about that type of humor is just... It tickles my funny bone. You know, one of the funniest things about comedians is... You know, when you get a sitcom... Mm -hmm. When they get a sitcom, they clean up. They have to. (laughs) Andrew Dice Clay. There's there's no... 
let's never mention him. <laughs> uh, there's, there's no, you can't do the same stuff. And yeah. so, like, Bob Saget. Who I had no idea was so blue. Until, I like, was, I didn't realize until the aristocrats. And I saw him, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And I was actually gagging during his, yeah. his, it was like 30 seconds, and he just kept going. <laughs> but he was just filthy. Yeah. And um, what was it? Red, Red Fox? Red Fox was pretty dirty. But he had a sitcom, didn't he, where yeah, he was just... Uh, Stanford and Son. Yes. That's the one. I saw a few clips of it, and I... It's one of those things where I saw a little enough and long enough ago that I didn't realize who it was and it never really penetrated into my consciousness until someone was discussing it with me a little while ago and suddenly I realized, oh yeah. Yeah. But both he and someone else on that show were a a woman were comedians and they were both just absolutely filthy. It's one funny thing about Sanford and Son is that it's a remake of a British sitcom. Which, like, nowadays is really funny because, like, The Office and all that. But um, who was the lady? There was a Richard Pryor roast. And I think Red Fox was there and pretty much every good comedian from the 70s. Also, Sandra Bernhardt was there. Like, apparently, I didn't realize that she was that old. But she was there telling jokes. And it was just super blue. <laughs> and, like, I kind of expected it because it was Pryor, but I didn't expect it of all those comedians. It yeah. was just very raunchy. Yeah. And TV tricks you into thinking, you know. Actually, a good example is... Um, they are friendly, wholesome people. Yeah. yeah. I saw... There was a Method Man video with Mary J. Blige, uh, All I Need. And I saw it on TV. It's like a really great song, great video. There's no cursing in the TV version. My uncle had the album. And I put it on. And I was like, I don't think this is the same guy. Because there's a lot of cuss words in this one. <laughs> <laughs> and I was genuinely confused. <laughs> But um, Joan Rivers. Yeah. I knew her from Oscar Night. You know? I didn't know she was funny until I saw her on Louie. And I didn't know... I saw, like, a comedy special on her. Mm-hmm. Or, like, a documentary on her. And it showed her living in just opulent apartment in New York. And one entire wall was, like, a filing cabinet with note cards that she had of all her jokes ever. Yeah. And they were, like cross-referenced so like cooking was a whole section and (laughs) wives were a whole section yeah and um i saw a couple of clips of her from the 70s i think this was this was pre roe versus wade okay because she did an entire routine on a tv show about abortion wow and never mentioned it like never mentioned the word but just like I had a friend, she goes around with so many guys, she never stops flying to, like, Puerto Rico. Yeah. She's always in the air. <laughs> and you realize, like, later, that's what she was yeah. going for. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd always peg, I'd see her on, I guess, VH1, they would show the Oscars or whatever. She was always critiquing people's clothes and being, like, a really old grandma about it. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, not funny. Like, I'm just going to ignore her for the rest of my life. And then I saw her on Louie, where she did a super nasty set on, like, cable TV. (laughs) And in the interview, Louis C.K. was like, yeah, I saw Joan Rivers live, and, like, other than Bill Cosby, like, that is some of the best stand-up I've ever seen. Like, in terms of being a, uh, I guess a showman is the best word for it, like, controlling Mm -hmm. the crowd. And I was both surprised by Joan Rivers and, apparently, Bill Cosby having great stand-up, like, even still. But, yeah, those people are great. The, uh, yeah, it, it kind of depresses you, though, when you look, think about television and like how network funnier. standards kind of compel them to take so much funniness out of yeah. their act. <laughs> like, think, we were talking, we started off talking about SNL and yeah. how the format just didn't support all that talent. Like, mm-hmm. there are so many talented people. And then whenever they got their own projects, they just, they went crazy and they surprised everyone. Yeah. Like, now I'm thinking, you know, it has to be really tough competition to get into television. It has to be tough competition to get into comedy. 
you think of how many ongoing comedy series there are, like 12, and maybe three of them are good, you know? It's like, could it just be the format that's choking the life out of every single person who comes into it? I think a big part of it is having to deal with ratings instead of tickets. Because, like, you sell 13,000 tickets a night or whatever. I don't know if that's a lot for a comedian, but it's just, it's a number. <laughs> and you're like, oh, well, I made $10 off each of those tickets, so I'm good for the next six months. And then you'll get another show because, you know, you performed well. But, like, if you're rating... 13,000 so- times 10, that's 130,000. So that probably sucks. I'm actually thinking that's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much comedians make. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing not not almost nothing, and then... If you get really, really successful, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no comedian middle class, is what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> There's no punch card class. Yeah. No. Like, Dave Chappelle could sell out, you know, the Punchline Comedy Club, and then come back six months later and do it again. And he can keep coming back because he keeps selling it out. Mm-hmm. But if his TV show isn't performing as good as, like, America's Next Top Model, which is competing against it, yeah, then he loses the TV show. So you kind of have to... Uh, I don't want to say water it down, but you're basically watering it down so that more people tune in. But there's, it's not only that. Like now, you have to compete against every internet TV show, yeah, and YouTube (laughs) and everything else. YouTube is great for comedy, like even non-stand-up comedy. Like I like. I mean that's true. I wouldn't know about half the comedians I know now because they're still all in England and (laughs) Ireland and Scotland, but. If I didn't see, like, clips on YouTube. Yeah. Like, there is so much good comedy now, but that makes it tougher for, I guess, comedians to actually... Like, on the one hand, they can do exactly what they want whenever they want. Mm -hmm. They just can't make any money doing it. Yeah. And then on the other, they can get on SNL and just kind of... Like, I don't know anyone who actually likes SNL. I know a lot of people who watch it, but no one who's like, yeah, this is the best it's been since uh, the Jim Belushi days. Like, no one says that. Or if they do, they're being sarcastic. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, also on the Bombeck front, uh, so The Office isn't funny anymore, mm-hmm. but Mindy Kaling, uh, Kelly Kapoor on The Office, is really funny. She's, like, one of two or three people I still really like on the show, and she has a book coming out in November, which is, like, a Bombeck-style advice book, <laughs> and I am so excited to read that, com- that it's just, it's a regular book, no pictures, even. <laughs> See, Christian Shaw has a book coming out, or that came out. It was like the sexy book of sex. Oh, wow. And it's her, you know the um, Venus on a clamshell rising from the water? Yeah. But it's her, but in like gigantic, like white underwear and a white bra and knee socks. (laughs) (laughs) And the kind of the point of it is like, you don't have to be, there it is. The point of it is like, you don't have to be what most people would consider incredibly sexy yeah and like in lingerie and things in order to have sex and have a sex life and (laughs) part of it is just really really funny this i also put the summary in the show notes because this is pretty funny but uh it says it's the ultimate guide to getting your rocks off rigorously field tested by the authors (laughs) Every STD they have suffered from sometimes for way too long just to see what would happen. <laughs> but yeah, I like comedians doing books. Like the Daily Show, um, what was it, America, This Is Us or something? They made like a textbook about America. It's it was tough, really though. funny. Like sometimes some comedians, like they did a Chris Rock stand up routine where they just transcribed his routines when he was, I think, while he was having his TV show. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's still incredibly famous, but that was like when everything was around him. Yeah. And it wasn't funny because you need his inflection to sell it. Like his voice. He's another guy with a, like his voice is scratchy and weird enough to be really funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was on Louis this past season. Did you catch that episode? I didn't see it, no. Oh, it's it's a surprise appearance. I won't, I won't say what episode it's in. Okay. But, like, they definitely earned the cameo. And, uh... No, he's another guy. Like, I would watch... Like, you could definitely put on a Chris Rock pay-per-view or on HBO or whatever and have a bunch of people buy it. Yeah. I don't know, like, if he could last in a TV show, you know, month after month. Yeah, didn't he say during that um, Comedians special that you mentioned earlier, I do 
new material all the time and I do an hour and a half show because I don't have a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so everything I make has to be from that. Yeah. And because most comedy and specials movies. are like 45 to 60 minutes. He does movies. Yeah. Which... Which, thinking about it, dude, don't whine. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see uh, Bridesmaids? I didn't. I, I didn't want to see it in the theater because it... So much of it, I could tell, was going to be that awkward. Yeah. But Kristen I definitely Wig want to see it like, on DVD. It's, I just rented it uh, last week. Maybe the week. It was last week. Anyway, uh, Kristen Wiig is like two times Tina Fey in that movie. <laughs> <clears throat> like 30 Rock, super awkward, like max awkward Tina Fey. <laughs> but other than a really, really gross poop joke series of poop jokes it's a pretty funny movie she's another one where suddenly in all these old movies and television shows that I'm watching suddenly I see her face mm-hmm. all over the place because now I recognize yeah. her <laughs> like you gotta do work and then you get famous because you hadn't done all that work <laughs> but no it was another really it's it's like I guess the big buzz comedy movie of the year because it's like you know an all lady cast and written by a lady and I think Seth Rogen helped or produced or something no not Rogen the other guy Apatow uh, Apatow I think directed or something I don't know yeah he was involved somehow and I think the way it finally shook out it, it was his biggest movie yeah mon- like monetarily. it made a bunch of money yeah and now people are like ha 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 I told you women are funny and I'm like who in the world thought women weren't funny like why is this a talking point (laughs) like have you seen The View which is the funniest show on TV often (laughs) there was a point where every Friday I would wait there was one YouTube channel that would put up The View after lunch uh, like lunch Pacific so I could watch it on my lunch break (laughs) just because it is the cattiest terriblest show (laughs) Like, okay, but being intentionally funny is different. You do realize that. Yeah, but Whoopi Goldberg, I think, is intentionally funny. Yeah. And so is uh, Joy Bihar. Mm-hmm. Bihar, uh, however you say her last name. Mm-hmm. But, like, Sherry and Hasselback are dumb as rocks. And Barbara Walters is... She's just completely out of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't see a lot of women in, like, the traditional standholds or strongholds of comedy. You don't see... Yeah. They're, like daytime talk shows but no late night shows hosted oh, by women that's true Wanda Sykes had a show she's really briefly I like her stand up mm-hmm. but I hated her show yeah um and if you look at most of the writing teams for most shows there aren't a lot of women yeah and someone just released a report about TV shows whether they hired uh, minorities or women yeah and it was horrible as yeah. expected <laughs> yeah so, it seems like such a no-brainer because like there's nothing about a woman that makes you less funny or like specifically woman funny this is a fact i got from qi huh. <laughs> <laughs> apparently they did a test where like they had women reading the same lines as men and tested how often people laughed and same material people laughed less and listening to women really yeah but in conversation women who were in a conversation or listening to a routine laughed more hmm that's weird like I just feel like Kristen Schaal is like Amy Poehler's got her show Tina Fey's got her show I think Kristen Schaal is funny enough to have a show that she headlines yeah or a movie or whatever I always I love her coming into the Daily Show. Yeah, like always the best part of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I would totally I would love a Christian Shaw show, but I think it's going like slowly one direction. Mm-hmm. You know, afternoon talk shows and then more comedians, female comedians, and then Thirty Rock and now Bridesmaids. I mean, if you think about it, there aren't that many comedy comedies. With women in it, in them. Oh, yeah. They're like romantic comedies, which aren't really comedies. Or any good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was thinking of, um, what was it? Don't Mess With the Zohan, the Adam Sandler movie, mm-hmm. which I thought was really funny. But um, 
what was her name? It's the lady Big Barda is based off of. She used to be a Playboy model, but she plays like a like a Jewish mother and everything now. I didn't know that happened. Really? So I am just taking a moment to keep talking. Uh, Lainey K- Kazan, Kazan. But anyway, she's really funny. Google her now. <laughs> but uh, she was in Don't Mess with the Zohan, and she was funny in that. And I guess that that just clicks in my head. It's like, oh, a funny and lady. And Google Big Barda and do the image search. Let's see if I can find it. And hopefully this isn't dirty. Uh, this is her now. There we go. But uh, so Barda was based on Jack Kirby's wife's personality mm-hmm. and Lainey Kazan, Kazan's body. Oh, I can see it. Yeah. Um, where the the thing that we're looking at now is completely clothed, so yeah. don't worry, listeners. Uh, I guess this is a website that's showing off who is based on who. Like Glorious Godfrey, I guess it's Billy Graham. I don't know who this bearded guy is, but it looks like Funky Flashman. Maybe it's Stanley. <laughs> no, it's not Stanley. But anyway, like I've seen so many funny women in comedies that like for Bridesmaid to be the start of a trend is really weird. <laughs> you know? Like it should have yeah. already happened and been a thing. But not with Wanda Sykes. <laughs> I can't believe you don't like her. I really She's, like her. Like just her voice and demeanor is so annoying. <laughs> A friend explained it like he was glad she was doing comedy because otherwise she would be the greeter outside of Walmart that saw you like every day. Oh. And he couldn't take that in his life. (laughs) (laughs) Tell him he shouldn't shop at Walmart. (laughs) That's another good point. But yeah, she, uh, though, I will give her this. She had a really funny skit when uh, Sade's last album came out. And she was like, I love Sade so much. I'm just going to hang out with her all day. We're going to be friends, best friends, blah, blah, blah. Sade was like, no. I'm not even booked on your show. Like, we're not going to do this. That's part of a skit on the show. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. But, so what's the funniest show on TV right now to you? Like, what what makes you laugh the most? I would, um, I would say 30 Rock, but it's not coming on until mid-season because of Tina Fey's annoying ability to balance work and family. Oh my goodness, ain't that a woman? Why can't she just die bitter alone and unhappy <laughs> like the rest of us okay kind of what i find a little bit funny is all the tv show like comedies are about like screwed up people who can't get their lives together but they're run by people like tina fey who are extraordinarily together yes yeah. like oh married children you know married doesn't technically mean you have your life together blah blah yeah. blah but like youngest head writer on SNL only fe- like first female LS head writer on SNL Kristen Wiig who's been like acting in movies for forever and yeah. and then like her whole persona is oh I'm screwed up Louis <laughs> CK who I mean like he's running his own TV sh- he like he's the only guy on TV who's genuinely living the dream cuz yeah. they give him like a quarter million dollars per episode he goes off and shoots it, and then brings it back, and then they air it. Yeah. Which is incredible. And they're just like, do whatever. Yeah. Fine, do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you can tell that he really loves his kids, and fine, he divorced, but seems okay with it. Where yeah. He had a whole routine where it's like, no happy marriage get, you know, ends in divorce. So <laughs> this was clearly the best for us. Yeah. And, you know, it's tough, but... And he's managed to turn, like, the sad stuff into fuel for a lot of jokes. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's a weird... Like, I feel like failures, to be to use the meanest possible words, I can't think of anything better right now, are way more <laughs> funny than successes. Oh, yeah. Because, like, nobody's laughing at Brad Pitt. Like, you can... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, he could be a funny guy, but, like, if he tells it, like, you know, hey, I woke up this morning and, like, my eight adopted kids and Angelina were all in the kitchen making a mess... Like, so what? You know? No, I think you could, that could be funny, but yeah. Yeah. And I think that being in those positions. Like George Clooney, very funny. If you, oh, yeah. Christina Ricci, actually, surprisingly funny. Really? 
I never would have seen that coming. And she's like been together since she was like eight. Yeah, that's <laughs> family. That's just annoying. Like I've grown up with Christina Ricci. Always, yeah. you know. It's such a weird thought. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, it's been going for an hour and a half now, yes. and you are probably exhausted, and we've got nothing more to talk about. Oh, wait, we probably do, but... Do you have any jokes that you want to tell since I opened with a joke? I got no jokes. Oh. I, I had one more topic of discussion, but, I mean, we need to have mercy on people. <laughs> or we need to break this into two parts. Could be two parts. We can do two parts. Okay. Tell your joke or topic. <laughs> How often do you find, like, someone funny whose politics you deeply disagree with? Huh. That is a good question. Because nine times out of ten, like, I have no idea of anybody's politics. Um, the, that's it, the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. Yeah. With, what's his name? Foxworthy and those guys. Foxworthy, but not Foxworthy. Um, the Get Her Done guy? No. That's all I know from my tour. The, the, Jeff, no. Bridges? No. Screw it. Um basically does whole routines about um, making fun of a lot of liberal politics. Not all. Mm-hmm. Ron White. There we go. Oh, it's like Taterhead or something is his name. And, well, that's his most famous routine. Tater Salad, yeah. Have you seen that? Uh, I probably have, but it didn't make an impression. Oh, it's... um. It's this long, involved story about how he got arrested in a bar in New York mm-hmm. for being in a fight in a bar in New York. And then, like, five minutes into the thing, he says, I told you that story to tell you this story. When I was 14, growing up in um, a town in Texas with 400 people, I got arrested for public intoxication probably seeing a pattern (laughs) (laughs) and the deputy who arrested me had lived two doors down from me my whole life Mm -hmm. and he came up to me and said when he was making out the arrest report do you have any aliases and I was drunk at 14 (laughs) so I just said they call me tater salad yeah And so, 30 years later, in a bar in New York, this guy, or in a police station in New York, I'm handcuffed, and this guy comes up to me and says, are you Ron Tater Salad White? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's his most famous routine. But he talks about, you know, how he's into the... Not into... But fully supports the death penalty and some other politics that I don't agree with. And he's funny, but yeah. often I have a really hard time. Being, I, I, I don't know. My California liberal reaction kicks in and I'm like, that's not funny. <laughs> that affects people's lives. The okay. other one is Florence King, who's not mm-hmm. a comedian, but she's a writer and a humorous writer and super conservative, like wrote for the National Review for a long time, like decades oh wow and um they had a book a a collection of all her essays for the national review which i have but which i deliberately got secondhand because i didn't (laughs) want to give any money for the (laughs) i'm like that yeah and she um also does did a hilarious autobiography confessions of a failed southern lady and which sounds well, it sounds Irma Bombeck-ish. Yeah, it really does. But she does. actually also likes plays on words and puns, so I think you might enjoy it, but I don't know. Yeah. But her politics completely, completely opposite to mine, but I find her hilarious. But other than that... It's, there's got to be like, somebody... You better be damn funny. Like, the only person I can think of, actually two, are people who stopped being funny before I knew their politics. <laughs> And maybe these names are familiar to you, Bill Maher and Dennis Miller. Bill Maher. Like he, so one is the extreme right and one is the extreme left. 
Yeah. I just picture you <laughs> in the middle being like, what the hell is wrong with you people? That's how I am in every co- political conversation I've ever been in. <laughs> it's like, seriously, guys? But, like, there's got to be somebody I disagree with, but I'm so ignorant of most people's politics, mm-hmm. I guess. That's probably a good way to go. Yeah. Because, like, unless they bring it up and they're like, ha, 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 affirmative action is racism. <laughs> and, like, even that could be pretty funny. Yeah. But. If you work it right, yes. Yeah. Like, I can't well, anything can be funny if you. If you, if you do, anything can be good if you do it well. <laughs> yeah. And if the person's in the mood. Yeah. But. I'm really racking my brain trying to think of someone. Like, that wasn't just their comedic persona. Like, obviously a character that they were doing. Because, like, Nick Kroll uh, has people who I would probably hate if I ever met in real life. But they're really funny on TV. So, mm-hmm. And they're, none of them are him. <laughs> this is the other part. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I got how about comedians that you think are funny but you feel like you would dislike personally? Other than maybe Ricky Gervais. <laughs> I probably wouldn't be able to hang around Louie. <laughs> like, I love everything he says well, about his craft, but he just seems like such a curmudgeon at times. Every, I, for me, it's just like Louie wouldn't want to hang around me. That's Or true. you. Or anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Who do I like that's really annoying? I've got like 18 comedy specials on Netflix. On the <laughs> list. But there's... Like, I think Jamie Foxx is funny, but I would never want to hang around him. I don't know much about him, personally. Uh, he's just... He got really rich. <laughs> <laughs> and he acted really rich. And it's just like, well, just keep on telling jokes, buddy. <laughs> Stuff like that. But even... I think disagreeing or disliking someone wouldn't mm-hmm. make me like their art less. Oh, it does me. Except if it was like just a simple disagreement, like I like if I disagree with someone on the death penalty, like the, their jokes are still going to be funny. But like if they're telling jokes about the death penalty, that makes my side look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> then like I probably won't like them half as much. What if they're taking telling jokes about the death penalty makes the other side look stupid? I would probably cheer. well it's like the Colbert thing like it's funny when they make fun of you yeah but like I don't think that uh, I'm trying to like I've seen a lot of really funny Occupy Wall Street jokes (laughs) and have you been following that at all somewhat yeah it's kind of a hot mess like it's kids who started with a good idea and then other kids with other good ideas and then now it's just a mishmash of like every possible protest ever yeah like save the whales kill wall street but there are a lot of really funny occupy wall street jokes on put the whales on wall street drop the whales from the sky onto wall street to destroy wall street just take all the wall street people put them out in the middle of the ocean and they can stay on land they can it'll be like an island but (laughs) they have to have their legs tied together to make flukes and the only way they can communicate is through grunts and whistles that was really specific i feel like this might you might have a notebook full of plans (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I wouldn't call myself either liberal or conservative. Like, it's, I come down on weird sides on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So I can laugh at both sides. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're one of those. Yeah. We all hate you. <laughs> it's so entertaining. <laughs> like, how The Daily Show is, like, mostly liberal, but they're not afraid to, like, I, I almost said murder Obama in jokes, and that's a really poor way to put that. <laughs> but, like, they will hit them very hard. Yeah. You know? Like, that stuff I really get a kick out of. But a lot of times it's funnier if you're closer to the subject. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you've never been around kids and kid jokes are okay. Yeah. Like, if you have tons of kids, like, kid jokes are hilarious. <laughs> it's like that sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know, man. But uh, that's, what, an hour 35? Almost an hour 40. So I'm going to cut it here. All right. Also, knock-knock jokes might be the highest form of humor. I just want to throw that out there. Oh. Like, when they're well done. Oh my Look, God. I know this is your place, but you're going to have to get out.
o'clock and I'm still rocking. Four o'clock and I'm still rocking. Four, 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 four o'clock and I'm still rocking. No stopping, no stopping, no stopping, no stopping. Four o'clock and I'm still rocking. Four o'clock and I'm still rocking. Four, 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 four o'clock and I'm still rocking. No stopping, no stopping, no stopping, no stopping.